podcast is brought to you by the Creation Academy, an apologetics learning experience designed to teach, train, and inspire others to become strong defenders of the creation account presented in the Bible. Primarily, the Academy offers video and audio courses with downloadable PDF workbooks taught by a team of experienced creation researchers. But members of our exclusive Creation All Access program will also have access to expert interviews and Q&A sessions with creation scientists and apologists, all inside a private Facebook group where you'll fellowship and interact with a like-minded community of believers. We're excited to announce that enrollment is now open. The Academy does not officially launch until March 2019, but until then, you can get into Creation All Access for just $7 per month while we're adding new course material. Join today by going to www.creationcourses.com and clicking on Enroll Now. All right, thanks for joining us this week here on the Steve Schramm Show pleasure to come before you one more week right here we are training up uh, Christians to become confident and even passionate servants of Jesus so they can grow in their own walk with God and then share their faith with others more persuasively so we want to help you do that as best we can well we're going to dive right into what is probably going to be a topic that we unpack over a few different parts and it's a tough issue and certainly one that is in the forefront today, so we want to handle it as graciously as possible. I want to talk to you today about fighting for the unborn, the pro-life case explained. Fighting for the unborn, the pro-life case explained. Now, it can be difficult as we're looking at an issue like this. It can be really difficult to keep our head above the water. And here's what I mean by that. We're we're dealing with an issue that is so, to us, morally obvious. And what we're fighting against is, again, to us, so morally repulsive that it's almost hard to identify with anyone who is attempting to rationalize or to justify that it is okay. And if we're honest, this makes for real difficulty when we're trying to articulate this issue because I think a lot of us just simply want for people to open their eyes and, you know, for people to see what is so obviously right in front of them, that they are taking the life of a human being. It's Nazi Germany all over again, but worse. And so as we deal with this issue... We have to be able to think through it carefully. We have to be able to articulate it clearly. And we have to be able to keep our head on our shoulders, keep our wits about us, try our best to leave uh, emotionalism out of it, uh, name-calling and things of that nature. We need to get down to the bottom. And there's 
really multiple reasons for this. One reason is certainly just the nature of what we're dealing with. But the other reason is that you never know when you're going to be around or speaking to or speaking in front of, whatever the case may be, someone who indeed has had an abortion and today regrets it. No doubt they carry with them a load that, oh, certainly I wouldn't want to carry around. So we must emphasize, really, that there is grace and forgiveness for that person. And so all the more reason that we must be careful when dealing with this issue. But, you know, this is something that is not unredeemable for the Christian and for the pro-life warrior. Certainly, we can prevail in this case. I think certainly the the science is on our side, which is really interesting. Uh, folks will argue against that if you say that pro-life is the pro-science position. Now, this is certainly true. Science is pretty much 100% conclusive and clear as well on the fact that a fetus is just simply an unborn human baby. That's all it is. When I say that's all it is, I'm not degrading the quality of it. I'm simply saying that it is not something else. It is a human being. And even those who realize this want to come in on the other end and say that science can't answer the moral question, which I agree. Uh, abortion is a moral question. Science doesn't necessarily answer moral questions. It, it just tells us about how things happen in the world that we observe. But the science informs the moral question because the moral question is, is it wrong to kill innocent human beings without proper justification? And we're going to get to, to that in a minute. But that's really the question. And... I think an obvious answer to that question is yes, it is. And so since the science indeed tells us that what we are dealing with is a human being, we're dealing with a human being that has not even entered into the world from his mother's womb yet. So by any reasonable definition, especially from a political perspective, this is what we would call an innocent human being. And so therefore, it would be wrong to murder this innocent human being. And because science informs us of what kind of thing it is, what kind of being it is, then we can use that to help bolster the pro-life case. So when we say that pro-life is the pro-science position, 
That's what we mean. We mean that science has definitively shown that what we are dealing with is an unborn human being. It is not a clump of cells or whatever other rhetorical device you have heard used. It is a human being, and we believe we have good moral justification for not taking the life of innocent human beings. So, if you are fed up with kind of the apathy, the apathetic attitude that's taken torn, taken toward the life of these unborn human beings, and you want to do something about it, and you want to do something about it with a gracious yet persuasive attitude, then this episode is for you. Hopefully, we can use it to help you to understand the pro-life case in a simple way and be able to apply it to others. Here's the deal. This whole debate, this whole question, is couched with a lot of confusing terms, unclear arguments, unnecessary moral dilemmas, uh, contention with close family and friends. These are all real things that real people like you and I are dealing with as we attempt to make these arguments. So we have to understand how to maneuver in this particular situation. Now, I will say one thing about it. It's actually a lot easier than you might think. And that is why I say there are a lot of confusing terms and unclear arguments in these things because they're just meant to muddy the water. It's actually the ease and the simplicity of the pro-life case that almost make it hard to discuss for reasons that we've talked about already. Uh, We have people who seemingly aren't seeing the obvious, and a lot of times the water is muddied with these other kinds of things that make it more difficult to get the point across, and it's such a simple point. So that's the kind of thing that we want to look at. So let me start by saying this. I recently wrote an article on the website. You just go to stevestram.com slash less dash indifferent. stevestram.com slash less dash indifferent. I wrote an article called God Teach Me to Be Less Indifferent. And it was very, very much something written for me, uh, by me, to me. And I kind of, in this article, invite you into the conversation in case you've been feeling some of the same things that I have about this question. And what I've been feeling is a lot of what I told you about already. This kind of this discouragement around how easy the issue seems to be, and it's actually, in some ways, caused me to be more silent about it than I ought to be. In other words, the the thinking in my fallen mind on this is, well, geez, it's so obvious. How is anything I say going to make a meaningful difference? And so this is certainly the wrong attitude to have about it. And I realized this, and that's why I wrote myself a blog post and put it out there for the world to see. But in the blog post, I argue that we have three 
duties, I guess you could say, when it comes to an issue like this. I argue that we have a compulsion to care from the scripture, a compulsion to to actually care about this issue, to care about these precious lives that are being taken unjustly from this world for no good reason. I promise you, there is not. Now, this is going to sound kind of controversial, but this whole issue is kind of controversial. Um, there is not a good reason to take the life of an unborn human being. There is not a good reason to take the life of an unborn human being. And we will talk about that. I will try to qualify that as we go along. It might be next week before we get to that particular part of the argument. So we have a compulsion to care about these unborn lives. And we also have a command to bear. We have a command to bear the burden and the weight of dealing with this issue. It's in the public forefront. And this is something that goes so contrary to Christianity and to everything that we stand for as defenders of life. The precious life that God breathes into a soul. Man, it, it, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful gift. And to squander that gift, to waste that gift, we have a command to, to bear to bear up our brothers and sisters who have been in these tough situations and who have made these kinds of mistakes in the past. We have a command to bear along with them these burdens. And then we also have a commitment to share, a commitment to share. That is to actually get the word out, to actually do our part, to stand in defense of the defenseless. So we can't ignore that any longer. We have to recognize that this is our job. This is our duty. This is something that we must do to be faithful to Scripture. So I argue that in the article, God teach me to be less indifferent. We have a compulsion to care, a command to bear, and a commitment to share. And I pray you'll go read that and soak that in and begin to do your part like I must begin to do my part to affect change on this matter. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk to you about this week, and again, this is going to be a series of a couple shorter episodes dealing with this issue. So the last thing I want to, to, to bring before you is a pro-life syllogism that was developed by the folks at STR, a few years ago, I think Scott Klusendorf had something to do with this as well. It was during his time there. I think maybe even Dr. Frank Beckwith informed this issue a little bit or this syllogism a little bit. And so, uh, of course, for those of you who might not know, a syllogism is a a construction 
that is used in formal logic. That is formal in the sense that there is a form that the argument follows, and insofar as the argument does not violate that form, the argument goes through. It is valid, in other words. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it is sound. The argument would be uh, sound or cogent or whatever if it is true. If it ends up going through based on arguing for the truth of the premises. Okay, so we have a formal argument here that has been developed to help the pro-life case that is important. And as far as I, I know, this is just called the pro-life syllogism, again, from the folks at STR, or Stand to Reason. And they do great work on this issue, and I highly encourage you to check out some of what they have to say on it. So here's how the formal argument goes. Premise one, it's morally wrong to take the life of an innocent human being without proper justification. Premise two, abortion takes the life of an innocent human being without proper justification. And the conclusion, therefore, abortion is morally wrong. Now, this is a valid, formal argument. That is, if we can show that it is morally wrong to take the life of an innocent human being without proper justification, and abortion is something that accomplishes that, then ab abortion is, therefore, morally wrong. Now, I think I may have added the word morally there. In other words, in the original pro-life syllogism, it might just be it's wrong to take the life of an innocent human being. But again, I just wanted to clarify. I think everybody understands what it means either way. But the more clear we can make it, I think, the better. Although there is something that might that, 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 that might result if we take the word morally out, which just might be why they did it the way that they did, is that it goes to a genuine intuition that we have. Okay, in other words, when we introduce the word morally, we're introducing a philosophical term that actually may cloud the waters a bit. Because now we're asking the question of where do we get a moral standard from? Now, I'm okay with that question because I, I think that the only way that one could argue for the moral standard is is indeed by appealing to the uh, God of the Bible, in, in my case. Okay, so I think that would be the proper way to argue for it. But when we just say that it is wrong to take the life of an innocent human being without proper justification, this is something that, oh goodness, 98, 99, 100, I don't know, percent of people would almost have to agree with. I mean, maybe there's some tribesmen in Australia, you know, deep in the jungles who doesn't agree with this. I have no idea. But, 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 but most people are going to identify with this, that it is wrong to take the life of an innocent human being without proper justification. Now, what, what what's proper justification? 
Well, again, it really just depends. Now, I don't want to get into the idea of uh, medical necessity because we're going to talk about it next time. So we're not going to get too deep into the waters of that. In other words, there's a question. Is it right to perform an abortion in the case where the life of the mother is at stake? Is that right or wrong? That's one of those moral dilemmas that gets uh, smuggled into these conversations to incite a particular kind of response. We're not going to talk about this this week, but we are going to talk about it next week because it's important and we need to be able to discuss it. But for now, I want you to just spend some time thinking about that. What would be proper justification for someone to take the life of an innocent human being? Now again, like I mentioned earlier, there are those who want to say that even the science can't tell us that. We, we'd have to do the philosophical work to know if that was morally unjustified. And I realize that when we are dealing with somebody who is highly trained in philosophy, we are going to have to do a little bit more work to prove the case. But it is not dishonest to simplify the case and to appeal to intuition. Because again, what we're ultimately arguing for is something that we believe comes by way of intuition. Just read Romans 2, 14 and 15. And we understand that we're talking about the same kind of thing. So an appeal to intuition is okay. Because we believe that is something that has been baked in. Somebody who has to argue that it is philosophically either not wrong to do this. Or that it's some sort of an amoral decision. There's no morality that is attached to the decision at all. Somebody, in order to argue that way, is going to have to deny the basic intuition that they have, indeed, that this issue is wrong. Because, again, I think at first blush, a very, 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 very large, the vast majority of people are going to understand that it is wrong to take the life of an innocent human being without proper justification. Now, again, when they're thinking about it more carefully, they might not think that that is what they are doing. But again, the science has shown that indeed that is what they're doing. So that's why this issue matters. Because they are taking the life of an innocent human being without proper justification. And if that is true, if that's what they're doing, then abortion most certainly is wrong. Okay, we're going to wrap it up there this week. When we come back next week, we're going to talk about a practical way to argue the abortion, uh, the pro-life case, rather. And again, the, the pro-life syllogism is indeed a, a starting point to making the case for the pro-life view. But what we're going to talk about next week allows us to argue for the premise that what we're dealing with is an innocent human being. And we'll probably spend a little bit more time talking about proper justification and things of that nature. Okay. Hey, why don't we say a word of prayer? Thank you, Father, for your help in dealing with this difficult issue. I pray now, Lord, that you would help us to be bold, courageous, and gracious defenders, Lord, of your truth when it comes to this 
issue. Father, you have given us, you've revealed to us things about the true nature of reality. That yes, as Christians, we understand better than some. But Lord, we realize that you've given us genuine intuitions that teach us and point towards you and point towards the way that things really are and the way that they should be. Thank you for your goodness and your grace to us all, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, well, I want to thank you for joining us this week here on the podcast. I don't have a lesson handout for you this week, but I will probably have one next week that kind of summarizes everything that we've talked about in a nice handy way for you to use to be able to keep with you. We might call it the pro-life one sheet or something like that. So I will be working on that and try to have something to you in next week's episode. Okay. So again, we want to be gracious defenders on this issue. We want to realize how tough it is for many people, but also we need to capitalize on how simple the intuition is, how, how basic the intuition is that leads us to argue for the pro-life view. We mustn't deny that. And indeed, we must find out how to use it to our advantage so that we can argue for these precious and more souls. All right, I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.